Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Are you looking for educational opportunities during this crazy time with COVID-19? Then our Zoom classes are for you. We have courses on things like situation awareness, CalTOPO, tracking, summer tree ID, vital survival, and many more coming up. Check us out at naturereliance.org. The activities we participate in so many times parallel life. I once had a 20-minute conversation with an older gentleman who laid out how golf paralleled life. After he laid it out, it changed the way I viewed the game. In this episode, Craig Cottle, owner and chief instructor for Nature Reliance School, discusses the six fundamental habits of a tracker and applies them to our daily life. Hey there, and welcome to another Nature Reliance Media Podcast. I'm your host today, Mr. Craig Cottle. If you haven't noticed, well, if you're new to the podcast, welcome in. Let me say that first. Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Nature Reliance Media Podcast, where we do everything we can to bring nature to you. We talk about all sorts of things as it relates to uh, naturalist studies, camping, hiking, survival, bushcraft, several different topics, and we are in the in the throes of finding good people to interview and bring them on so they can help us learn and understand what's going on around us. You might have noticed, if you have been listening to us for a while now, that we've been throwing out a bunch of different topics and we're just, quite frankly, to be as transparent as possible, we're just trying to find what sticks. Because we love sharing information with people, we love helping people, and we've always committed at Nature Reliance School to do a fair amount of things for free, where you don't have to pay a dime and we help you. That's one of the things that we love to do about the podcast. And secondly, you can also join us for classes where we make a little money and we price it for budget-minded people because that's the kind of people we like to hang out with. Today, what I wanted to get into is some ideas about tracking. And what I mean by ideas, what I would like to share is what we would consider at Nature Reliance School some of the fundamental habits or character traits, if you will, of of a tracker or some of the things that you do to be a tracker. 
there's a lot of things that you do in tracking that I think parallel just everyday life. And that's one of the reasons that I love tracking so much. And I hope to try to share some of those parallels with you today. If it was up to me, Craig Cottle, the whole world would be trackers. <laughs> I mean, we would all be, we'd all be either beginner or advanced trackers somewhere on the path. And we would all in our efforts of trying to learn more, just continue to help and grow other people so that other people could become trackers. That's, that's my goal is to create a whole world full of trackers. Before I get into that, let's consider this. We've got some sponsors that help do push us forward so that we can actually make a living doing what it is that we're doing, even though we're offering this information for brief. Just check out the link below. We have a blog post that details some of our sponsors and some of our affiliates. That way, if you check in there, if you find something, that you're interested in purchasing, then utilize the links that are provided, and that way we make a little money too. And at the same time, if you don't want to do that and all you want to do is get this free information from us, then keep coming back because we're going to keep throwing it out there. So again, we just try to do what we can to make it a win-win whenever we can. So with that, let's get into this discussion today. Now again, uh, I guess this has been heavy on my mind because I've taught a considerable amount of tracking uh, more so than normal, a whole lot more so than normal recently. And we've taught law enforcement, we've taught average ordinary folks that are interested in wildlife tracking, we've taught search and rescue. And as I'm recording this, I taught a class yesterday down in western Kentucky at Land Between the Lakes. Man, there was quite a group of people there. It was a really interesting group. And, and for those that do training and spend time in training, there was no one there that was that guy. You know what I'm talking about, too. If you know, if you've spent much time in training, you know that guy can be a real problem in a class. And there was none of that. And we haven't had one of those guys in a long time. And I'm, I'm assuming that's just because we've got a reputation. I, I mean, I just hope that we've got a reputation that we don't just put up with bullcrap like that. And so those guys don't typically show up in our classes. I mean, I've just been incredibly pleased by the people that have taken the time, effort, and money to join us at Nature Reliance School for classes lately. But with that said, we had uh, we had right at 20 people in class. We had about probably 75%. I always ask at the beginning of class why people are there. I haven't looked at the numbers and broken them down exactly, but it would be my guess that about 75% of them there were search and rescue folks. There were some really high-speed, low-drag guys there. If you know what I, that means, then you know what that means, and, and we'll just leave it at that. And then we had uh, three kids there that were age range from, I don't know, I'm guessing about 10 up to about 15 or 16 or something like that. They had come with parents and their parents were either search and rescue trackers or uh, their parents were military folks or law enforcement folks that are, again, high speed, low drag kind of folks. But that said, it's quite a group, man, and I really enjoyed being with them. And one of the things that we always try to do in a tracking class is discuss what we consider these habits. Okay, so let's take a look at them here today. Listen in. Number one, never make a track happen. So for trackers, what's that mean? That means that you can look at something that looks like disturbance, something that catches your eye, and you can make it become a track when actually it's just a leaf that fell a certain way. You can imagine how we can apply this in the, in the rest of the world in that sometimes we can see situations and we can see areas and we can see people the way we want them to see rather than just seeing them for what they actually are. So I think this is one of the best, and I'm glad it's number one here on my list, is never make a track happen. Never make 
a person out to be what it is that you want them to be. Let them be who they are. See them. That doesn't mean that you see somebody and you don't want to help them and correct them and and mentor them and help them grow, okay? But you need to at least at that moment see them for who they are, and then by seeing that, you can work with that, if that makes sense. I hope it does. Number two, verify that you are on the correct track. Now, in tracking, this simply means that if we're wanting to track a deer, we're on deer tracks and we're not off on some skunk trail or something. We're not off on chasing a bunch of raccoons or we're not off on a human track or vice versa. We're constantly verifying that we are on the correct track. For search and rescue, this comes up a lot in that if they're tracking someone, then they want to know what the bottom of the shoe looks like so they know that, hey, I'm tracking this person over here because they typically wear keen shoes and, hey, this is a Merrill track. And that way they don't get off on a different track and they're on the wrong person and on and on and on. So same goes for us in daily life. Verify you are on the correct track. Check yourself. You know, for years, and this is kind of hard to admit, really, I taught martial arts for a living, and the main reason I got into martial arts for a living uh, as a profession was twofold. Number one, I saw that it really helped people. There were a number of people that would come to martial arts training, and they would utilize it to to de-stress. They would utilize it, uh, utilize, utilize martial arts training to bolster and increase their own mental fortitude, and I loved it for that. The other thing was just for physical growth, you know, exercise and stuff of that nature. And I love martial arts for that. I worked really hard to be what I would hope to be a good martial arts instructor. And I had to work very hard on it because that stuff did not come natural to me at all. Martial arts training was not natural at all. I had to work at everything that I was able to do as a martial arts instructor. I tended to be probably more of a a better motivator than I was a martial artist, quite frankly. And it wasn't until. I left martial arts instruction as a profession that I realized that because I started doing a lot more of Nature Reliance School, this stuff, this stuff being everything I do with Nature Reliance School, writing books, writing blogs, doing videos, teaching people, teaching high speed people, teaching grade school kids, podcasting, all the stuff that I do, it just comes more natural to me. I was off on the wrong track before. Not to say that I didn't enjoy it. Some of my greatest relationships, including mine with Tracy Trimble, started at martial arts training and some of my closest I mean absolute closest friends and confidants are people that I met in the in martial arts training but if I'm self-aware and pay attention I think I may have been off on the wrong track I think I may have been doing something that you know was probably not the best thing for me I feel like I'm really in a good place right now doing what I do with Nature Reliance School and I'm and I'm fortunate that I can do what I can to try to set my ego aside and recognize that Number three, constantly monitor baseline versus disturbance. This is absolutely vital to daily life and definitely vital to a tracker. And what I mean by that, as far as trackers are concerned, is this. When you're looking at any environment, whether it's a rural environment or it's an urban one, there is what we refer to as a baseline there. It's the way everything looks in its natural state. Anything that looks different from that or stands out from that is disturbance. And so... When we are constantly, listen to this word, I'll say this again, constantly monitor baseline. You're constantly on the lookout for what this baseline is. When something stands out from that, you pay attention to it. Okay, What that means in a tracking scenario is that you, again, the uh, aforementioned leaf, you may see 
the leaves have a certain coloration and they have a certain shine to them because it may be early in the morning and there's dew on the leaves or some of that nature. And then there's some over there that look darker. Okay, so as I look over there and I notice that those are darker, which again is the disturbance to the baseline, then that probably warrants my attention. I might go over there and check that out and see if it means something more than just, hey, something just fell and kicked the leaves up. And once I get over there, I might realize, yep, that's the tracks that I'm looking for. In daily life, baseline versus disturbance is absolutely the same. It, there's no different whether you're a tracker or not. And I highly recommend this for anybody who wants to be self-reliant, particularly as it relates to self-defense, is you should constantly be monitoring what's going on around you. I did teach self-defense for many, many years, and one of the things I tried to tell our students in self-defense training is is try to, when you're out in public, have that Navy SEAL stare, you know, just, just to give away to, for people to think that are new to it, right? There's probably actually better ways to do this, but quite frankly, what I wanted people to do was have the ability to look up and pay attention to what's going on around them, okay? Very important. So with that said, the next point goes right along with that, which is look up often. In tracking, what this means is I want people to actually not look just on the ground because a lot of what happens in tracking, we think of being just tracks or disturbance or some of that nature that happens on the ground. Whereas there is just quite a bit of information that happens above the ground in the trees, cobwebs, uh, disturbance of moisture on leaves. You might take grass that's waist high and it's all pointed a particular direction. So that tells you the direction to travel for somebody or some something of that nature. So that is why we are constantly looking up often. I tell our tracking students probably about every four or five steps, you should be looking up. It might be if you're looking for a quarry. Now, when we say quarry, what we're looking for is we're looking for whatever. If we're hunting, we might be looking for a deer. If we're uh, man tracking for law enforcement, we might, we might be looking for a fugitive. If we are a photographer, we might be looking for that bald eagle that I saw in tracking class this weekend, which was fantastic. It swooped down, took a fish right out of, out of the lake right in front of us. It's pretty awesome. But with that said, I'm looking up often so I can see what is going on directly in front of me and not getting what we refer to as focus locked on anything, meaning I can get focus locked on the ground. Again, this has really incredibly important self-defense implications as well. So again, look up often. Here's what I can also add this to for daily life. Put your daggone phone down and look up to who it is that's across the couch from you or across the dinner table or across the room from you and talk to them. Oh my gosh, you all. It's getting terrible, isn't it? Our kids, our spouses, our our parents, you know, there's face in a phone somewhere and we can't have that conversation. I think there should be some sort of limits on such things so that we can all grow and learn, man, I use phones a lot, and I, I am guilty of what it is that I'm telling you that you should not be doing, which is I look at my phone too much. There's no doubt about it. Number five, be situational aware. Know your surroundings. This sounds like something that came up before, but it's not. What I mean by this is that for trackers, they should know where they are on the earth as it relates to the terrain and the topography that surrounds them. This is a big point for me because I got lost tracking deer one time many, many years ago. I got lost because I was really nose to butt basically with these deer trying to get a bow shot that I just couldn't get. Track, track, track and went for quite a long ways out into the middle of the Danube National Forest and then I lost them. It kind of went around this little bend and I couldn't find them after they went there. And then I looked up and thought, man, I have no idea where I am because I was not situationally aware, which is again, point number five, be situationally aware, know your surroundings. 
constantly know where you are. You know, one of the things I can recommend for you in the real world is constantly know where you are and where you're going. Have a plan on where you're going. That doesn't mean that you don't wander. Like my parents, for example, they they do what they call road hiking on Sunday afternoons. What I've tried to recommend to them is always have a road atlas in the car with them so that they know where they are in case they get lost. And when I say get lost is that they get back in some holler somewhere and they don't know where they are here in Kentucky and there's no way out. So be situation aware. Know where you are at all times. Number six, last one, never walk on the track line and do not overshoot. What I mean by this for trackers is that oftentimes when you're tracking and you're seeing tracks, it's easy to stand over top of them. And the more you practice what I'm saying, it becomes nearly impossible to step on the track line. There's just something about it you don't. Now, I think I've heard a lot of like myths and legends and stuff of that nature that you should never step on another person's track. And if you do, all these other things, all these bad things happen. I actually think that that's grounded in a little bit of science. Not that that actually occurs. I'm not saying it does. But the science is, is that the more I step directly on a track line, the more I contaminate that particular track line. And so as I'm looking down on it and I'm seeing these tracks, if I walk straight on top, I'm definitely going to step on one of those tracks and I'm definitely going to mess it all up. And so as I move forward, this is where the do not overshoot comes in. When we lose a track line and all trackers lose the track line on occasion, as we continue to move forward, one of the things that happens is we think we see something and I call it the tracker's drift where you just sort of kind of drift out in front of the track line and you just kind of go out there trying to search and find, bam, the next thing you know, you've contaminated everything in front of you. There's a procedure for those that want to engage in tracking on a, uh, on a scientific and direct basis. How do we apply this to life? Again, never walk on the track line. Do not overshoot. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. Never walk on the track line. How would you... How would you apply that kind of concept to the real world? I'd love to hear from you. I'm trying to encourage everybody to get up with me and send me an email or something of that nature at info at naturereliance.org. Let me know what you're thinking about our podcast. Let me know what you think the answer to this question is. Never walk on the track line. Do not overshoot. How can I apply that outside of tracking into the everyday world? That's what I'm asking you to help me with. So with that said, this has been Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Reliance School for the Nature Reliance Media Podcast. Jumped on here and recorded a couple of podcasts because I am in the middle of tracking classes. And so I had a day and I wanted to get a couple done and knock them out, get some information out there so you can start thinking about tracking, so you can start paying attention to more of what's going on around you. And we really appreciate, appreciate you listening in. Come on, join in. Let's learn together. If you like this podcast and others, please consider helping us out. There are three free ways of doing that. Number one, hit that follow or subscribe button. That really helps us out. Number two, share. If you know of someone, family or friend, that might be interested in this podcast, please let them know. Number three, send us feedback. We want to hear from our listeners. Let us know what you like and how we can improve as well as letting us know what topics you want to hear. Until our next episode, enjoy the outdoors.
And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Blinds podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Blind School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.